Hello, and welcome to Make My Multiversity, the best podcast in our universe for exploring the Marvel multiverse. I'm Jaina Hill. And I'm Elias Rosner. And before we get into how wrong we were about 2022, we need to set ourselves up for 2023 failure early. Excelsior! That was so impressive. I saw how bad that sentence was the second before we hit record. And then Elias just wanted to go with it. Yeah, you get sometimes you just got to go with uh, the difficult sentence and make it work when, when you read it aloud. That's like quality uh, radio talent there. That's that's like old school. That's NPR shit. Thank you. Thank you. You have a voice the for NPR. Goes to me. <laughs> <laughs> um so this is going to be our last episode that comes out in the year 2022? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that is wild. I like, uh, I feel like 2022, the time slurry that's been occurring over the last couple of years has like gotten to a peak for me. And I truly cannot remember what comics came out this year. How long has X-Men been good? One year? Three years? Ten years? I don't know. I wouldn't go ten years. Ten years, you can almost guarantee X-Men was bad. Yeah, probably. But I don't know when Hickman even got there anymore. Was that three years ago? Four years ago? Oh, shit. You're right. I have uh... no idea. It's not important. Um, anyway, but we're going to talk a little bit about um, some highlights and like notable books for us in our Marvel of um, 2022. And then we're going to start looking ahead to the future and talk about our predictions for 2023. Uh, we are not going to resolve our predictions from last year quite yet because the year isn't over. And like maybe one of those things will happen, but it won't. And it's going to be another very low scoring year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Although I do know I tallied up my stuff for 2023 at like the beginning of November. I was like, where are we now? And a couple things I think have changed. So you never know. There's still still part of a month left. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue. Um, but uh, in the meantime, I watched an MCU thing recently, Elias. Impossible. It was my first MCU thing in a long time, actually. What was it? I th- so I think the last MCU thing I watched was Doctor Strange. Are we the counting the Madness? TV stuff or the streaming and, stuff? Yeah, because this was a streaming thing. I guess I watched uh, that Werewolf by Night thing. And yeah. um, I started She-Hulk, but I don't think I ever finished it. <laughs> Disappointing. I did Moon Knight. I did all of Moon Knight. That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Have you I watched the Guardians? I haven't seen of- that one yet. And... Elias, I think I might hate the MCU now. That's, that was my conclusion upon watching the Guardians Christmas special. Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I, so I, at the end of it, I was just like, man, but you know what I'm really looking forward to is Peacemaker Season 2. And that probably represents something, but I don't know what. Yeah. Because, like, apparently I still like James Gunn. Apparently he's not the problem. But you just don't li- like... Did you not like the holiday special? Or were you like, James Gunn's so, good, this stuff bad? I don't I properly know if this is a spoiler, but I was very shocked to learn that Mantis is apparently Star-Lord's sister? Uh, Did that happen in some MCU thing that I missed? I think it happened in Guardians 2... Because she's related to Ego in some way in Guardians 2. I did not know that was 
that, that that did not seem clear to me just from that. But so no, we're just that, talking I mean, about that it. film is a is a mess. <laughs> uh, I think it's a fun time. I've seen it more than once. But yeah, it, like um, it was a Christmas special, so I'm not gonna like hold the plot too much to the fire or anything. But like the fun of the Marvel thing, not fun. Like me, someone who keeps up with the continuity, even if I miss their appearance in Love and Thunder, which I still have yet to see. Like, totally confused as to this development. Did I miss it? Was I not paying attention? Did I forget? And then it's all for these, like, really tepid jokes where, like, uh, Drax and Mantis land on Earth and everyone thinks they're superheroes in L.A. and wants to, like, take selfies with them. Mm. And then, like, they see a guy in a costume in the street and they're like, oh, it's Steve. And they chase this Captain America guy around and he gets real scared. It's like, I've seen this joke a million times. Hmm. That's unfortunate. Yeah, and like uh, the shared continuity part, which I think is kind of our favorite thing because that's the kind of nerds we are, is like not gratifying to me anymore. I I have to agree with that. I've been feeling more and more of the, like the connected bits seem to be the only bits that, you know, Feige, whoever, care about. And then the rest of the movie is kind of sacrificed on the altar of connecting them in the most mundane, but not interestingly mundane ways. You know how like the phase one, the movies were kind of connected by the by the stingers primarily. And like every so often there'd be like some really small connection during the movie itself. But now, you know, you brought up Love and Thunder. The Guardians are in that. They didn't need to be in that movie. They I saw it. They didn't need to be in that movie. I have not heard a single person disagree with that opinion. But, so, um, two days ago, I watched the Guardians Christmas special, and I was like, am I done with Marvel? Do I just hate all of Marvel now? And a few hours later, the answer was no. I freaking love Marvel. Um, and I learned this when I, uh, downloaded the new game that was just released, Marvel Midnight Suns. Hmm. And... Elias, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. I was wondering, I was wondering when this was going to pop up. Oh my god, I have not been able to tear myself away from it for like two straight days. It is so fun. It's a Bioware RPG. It's like a good Bioware RPG, which is better than Bioware themselves have made in like five plus years. Oh, it's not actually by Bioware. No, it's not actually, oh, but good. like it plays exactly like a Bioware RPG made by the guys who made Civilization and XCOM. Oh. Um, and there is like a little strategic superhero fighty thing for the fights. And I would say that's like 30% of the game. And then the other 60 plus percent of the game, I can't do math, 70% of the game <laughs> is like running around the Magic Castle. And then Blade has a crush on, on uh, Captain Marvel. So he starts a book club to get her to notice him, but then, like, Captain America joins the book club and is totally, like, getting in Blade's way, and you have to, like, navigate this tricky social dynamic. It's the most fun I've ever had. Wow. You t- you should pick dialogue choices. Iron Man freaking hates me, which is fine, because he's a bad person. Um, <laughs> You've alienated Tony. But Nico Minoru hates me, and I'm heartbroken <gasps> about it. No! I keep on coming off as really paternalistic, which I guess it means I'm not, like, 20 anymore. Oh, boy. Oh, and the uh, the fun thing about Nico Minoru on that show mm-hmm. is, um... Or in the game? She, yeah, in the game, is, in the game is that she's played by uh, Lyrica Okano, who played her on The Runaways show. Oh, good. She's, like, the voice actress, and she's great. 
She's fantastic. That's great. I'm, I actually really liked that show. I'm sad it didn't get another season. Yeah, it was weird and exciting. Which yeah, is was... a lot more than I could say about a lot of other stuff. Yeah, it was lost in the when the Fox merger happened. That Cloak and Dagger show, kind of watchable. <laughs> that I have not seen. I haven't seen all of it. Um, anyway, Spider-Man, not Spider-Man, uh, Marvel Midnight Suns, just like, not what I was expecting, a totally different thing, and it's great. I'm so sad that, like, in 2014, there weren't 10 of these games coming out a year. Yeah, but I mean, maybe now, now that they're in the the phase four and everything's kind of, you know, fragmenting, but not in a good way. Well, and there's and it's not just Midnight Suns. I realize there's another Marvel thing I've devoted a lot of time to, which is um, I got Marvel Snap. Have you heard about this one? You were telling me about it last time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I'm still totally addicted to it, like, however long it's been since last we recorded, so I guess it's still good. And, like, they just started uh, crediting all the uh, comic artists who are doing the art in it, which is fantastic. Good, they should have been doing that from the start. Yeah, but how many times has, like, Marvel on their websites not uh, credited an inker ever, the wrong artist, like, half the time? Uh, Yeah, Uh, more than half. Yeah, but uh, Marvel Snap uh, got it together in like a couple weeks. Good on them. Um, so I think in my future, I don't predict myself being excited about the MCU next year, but I'm real excited to hear what video games get announced. Hmm. Well, I will, I will be here to absorb that enthusiasm and then not <laughs> play the game because I definitely don't have the time. Yeah, you definitely don't have the time. Or the system. Um, it's not on I'm Switch, playing... is it? Uh, not yet. Uh, I'm playing it on PC. I bet I'll be on Switch by the end of next year. Oh, yeah. My PC would melt. I'll freaking... I'll stream it. How do we kids do it on Twitch? Or I'll stream <laughs> that game. Discord. You see a... Oh, yeah. Discord. You can see a fun superhero fight. But, okay. I guess that's probably enough talking about non-comics because we primarily prefer comic reading on this podcast. Just, Just a little bit. Um, and we were thinking back on, like, significant books to us in 2022. Immortal Hulk, did that end in 2022? I think it ended in 2021. Yeah, that would have been a book in the past that I I would have definitely put up there. And we obviously love the X-Line still and talk about it very frequently. Uh, But there was one book that, when I was looking back at all my favorites this year, like, stood above all the rest. And it was? that was... Spider-Man Beyond. I still am so fond of that comic. It's amazing how well that did, considering it was from a team, which is always like a a team of writers that took turns writing the issues. It's amazing that that it felt coherent. The closest I've ever read to that being done well was uh, the DC 52 series. Yeah. And that one only worked because there was, like, a bunch of, like, loosely interwoven plots that they were alternating on. Mm-hmm. But this was, like, a whole crazy ensemble thing with a million characters from all these different angles. It made me care, like, deeply about the Ben Riley mythos, which has never happened to me before. Right? And it tied in all this cool stuff they've been doing, like... It brought kind of next wave stuff in with the Beyonders and Hickman's Secret Wars. It was like it mixed all that stuff together in this cool way that fit 
in the Spider-Man world. And that is not easy even for one talented writer to do. And this was like 16. Mm hmm. It felt like a good synthesis of the many eras that had preceded it, like since the 90s, for sure. Like it, it, it merged kind of the the big tech focused ridiculousness of like later slot with some of the character drama of earlier slot and like that weird brand new day era. That, and I don't know if you remember, because we still have to do that as our uh, next uh, huge miniseries, but oh, um, but uh, at the slot, before the slot run was the slot run, it was written just like this with uh, a whole like writer's room doing uh, alternating issues and stuff. I think Zeb Wells was even part of that. I think he was too. Yeah. So. Um, and since I you're bringing up Beyond. Zeb Wells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just uh, like Beyond, highlight of my year of... Uh, any non-X book that I am not, like, desperately obsessed with. Um, but you're also fond of the current Spider-Man run, written I by am. the aforementioned Zeb yeah. Wells, and drawn by my enemy John Romita Jr. <laughs> with every so often some issues by Nick Dragota and Ed McGuinness. And don't worry, Ed, Ed McGuinness is going to be taking over some issues in, in the coming coming future. I like Ed McGinnis. Ed McGinnis is like great house style, no problem artist for your comic. Good at the at the like action movie vibes. I say this, but I really, really dig John Romita Jr.'s art on this. I know you yeah. hate it, but I think this is some of the best he's looked in a long while. In I'll part give him because that. I think Scott Hanna does a really good job of inking him. John Romita Jr. needs a needs the right inker for him. Otherwise it falls apart. Just looking I'll, at his DC work recently. I'll buy that. And I can see Ramita's talent. So there was like one issue. And the issue was just like Spider-Man fights the Vulture. And at one point Vulture like cuts his web and he's falling. And he might be out of web fluid. Mm-hmm. And I've, you've seen this beat like a zillion times across Spider-Man media. It's, it's oh, yeah. the oldest thing you can do. And Ramita drew, drew it really dynamically. There was like cool angles, and it was like an exciting sequence, even as I hated what everybody looked like and all their square, <laughs> stupid sausage fingers. <laughs> I can, so I, I, I see admirable qualities in Ramita's work, even as it's hideous to behold. It's like, um, you ever watch that cartoon Big Mouth? No, because it horrifies me. Yeah, it's so, it's like one of my favorite shows, and it is hideous looking, and that's kind of part of it part of the appeal eventually mm. but you like it's a it's a hard sell yeah i i can see why but wells has been doing some really interesting stuff and unlike the spencer run before it i feel like we're getting answers to the to the, like the big interesting questions and status quo shifts and i don't know it it's just gonna be weird to say but i feel like it remind it reminds me of the straczynski era in terms of the way things are being paced. It reminds me of kind of like a Batman or a Daredevil. It's like very tied to like crime on the ground in New York City. Uh, there's not going to be, there's not a lot of like Spider-Man leaving the city. Yeah. And it's playing with characters like uh, the Osborne family in an interesting way because their status quo has been like shaken up so much. It's kind of interesting to stop and explore something. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, there's, those are all good ideas. It just feels kind of small potatoes to me. After, like, Beyond just electrified my entire year, uh, having this, like, muddy Ramita art coupled with this, like, very 
uh, low-key, maybe even low-stake Spider-Man story. Okay. Um, it's being done like it's it's being done well, but it's nothing that I haven't seen a million times. And it's not like uh, Zdarsky and Chichetta Daredevil, where it's literally like beat for beat every Daredevil story ever. They're just playing all the hits, but they're better than the hits somehow, and it's amazing. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, do you miss an issue of Daredevil? No, I haven't missed an issue of Daredevil. Top of my poll list every every week. It's out. So good. Um, I, they're introducing like angels, maybe. Yeah, well, and like getting like the hand ninja nonsense woven in with like Daredevil Catholic nonsense. That's fantastic. That's yeah. Because they've always been there in the background of Daredevil, but, you know, either the runs don't focus on any of that or they're only doing one. But here, really weaving in kind of the weirdness that is Daredevil. Yeah, and the the hand is usually an excuse to have, like, cool ninja fights and maybe some intrigue. But this is, like, the the hand is interesting. The characters in the hand are interesting. Their mythology is interesting to me. I'm reading that Punisher book. Mm. It um, feels they feel scary in a way that they usually don't. Yeah, usually they feel like a bunch of like disposable flunkies, which is unfortunate. And here they feel like a real like faction that could take over the world feasibly. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Rain was was this year not. Devil's Reign, sorry. Devil's, Devil's Reign. Yeah. You're, you're thinking year, right? of Dark Web, which is the upcoming Spider-Man event. Goodness, Marvel has like 20 words that they just combine, mix and match. Um, Next year, Rain em- Web. Secret Invasion Empire at War. Um, <laughs> I, they have used all those words so many times. Um, but Devil's Reign... I mean, we could go back and rank it like we once did on the old version of this show... And talk about all the different Marvel events. But, mm. like, uh, Devil's Reign ranks right up there. It might have edged out um, War of the Realms and come in just behind uh, Secret Wars, which is, like, unbeatable in my eyes. It's weird. I would definitely put it below War of the Realms. There was just something a little more floaty about it that didn't quite connect. The the high drama of the central series was like so delicious to me, and then all the silly stuff like with the the team of alternate Doctor Octopuses oh, and I the hate that oh I loved that book of the weird uh, Thunderbolts lineup that was actually pretty fun. No, I I could not do that that Doc Ock book. I had no idea what was going on top to bottom. <laughs> I thought it was goofy fun. Um, Maybe I missed I guess... an issue because it felt like I missed like all of the important context. For those Doc Ocks, I must yeah, have, was... I must have missed something. I love Doc Ock, and the only thing that would be four times better than four than one Doc Ock is four Doc Ocks. Okay. Um, I'm also realizing we should probably tip our hats to um to Judgment Day, which I would also rank very highly on my list of Marvel events. Yeah, I'd want to sit on it more, but it's amazing that an event with the Eternals at its heart was that good it was and so it good it like retroactively event yeah and it combined eternals in meaningful ways with characters i already cared about which got me curious about them and made me like retroactively interested in a bunch of the recent karen gillen comics which i've now read yeah it's kind of amazing 
and we're going to reread them at the end of this um, series we're doing, yeah. and I'm going to see if I still like them. I, I imagine think you I will. still will. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of want to, I guess, tip my hat also to Captain Marvel, which is, it's not quite at 50 yet, but this run is, is probably the longest running Marvel book currently going. Might be true because all the X stuff right? is like in tw- the mid to high twenties. Maybe some stuff is in the low thirties. Yeah, like Zdarsky's Daredevil has gotten renumbered. Technically, that's still going, but yeah, that got renumbered. And um, I guess Spider Man didn't get renumbered. No, Spider Man got renumbered. It's oh, at, did it? It's at I eight, it... ten. Oh, I was looking at the legacy numbers. I think. Yeah, the legacy numbers on Spider Man kind of are are big and important. <laughs> But and yeah, of all it's the books, new. I feel like they've counted Spider-Man like much better than they've counted like X-Men, where they have no idea how many issues of X-Men they've written. For sure, for sure. Um, I haven't been necessarily keeping up with Captain Marvel, but I do love Tal- Kelly Thompson. Um, at the beginning of this, this wasn't my favorite work from her. Really, like Marvel work or work work? I mean, in general, I like her not Marvel work very much too. But um, yeah, this wasn't my favorite superhero work from her. Mm-hmm. Like Black Widow last year was phenomenal, one of my favorite oh, yeah. Black Widow series ever. I'm sad that one I'm, ended. I'm starting to worry. I might just not like Carol Danvers as a character in um in my video game where I'm hanging out with all my best friends, the Avengers, and some punk wizard kids. Carol Danvers is like kind of boring. Oh no, she's like tough and but and she like knows a lot about alien stuff and likes to tell like cool alien war stories. Sometimes I guess that's cool. But just like, I don't know, when I'm standing next to her at a party, I'm like, um... Oh. At least Doctor Strange is saying, like, appealing words, even if I don't <laughs> understand them. I think people don't always know how to write Captain Marvel well. And Telly Thompson's been doing a great job with the title. I don't know, There's this is one of those books that it's hasn't always been, like, near the top of my pull list. Like, there have been a couple months that I, uh, you know didn't read it and then i caught up again but i'm always happy to check back in with what she's been doing with captain marvel it feels like it feels old school where we get arcs of varying lengths and we'll pick up plot points at different places characters come in and out there's a you know a nice crew building in the background you know recurring characters I just, I'm really happy with how Captain Marvel has been going and continues to go. I can't wait for more. Yeah. Some of the, some of the retcon stuff just uh, didn't excite me. Was that current retcon stuff or like? Making her um, half Cree. That was pre Kelly Thompson. Yeah, but uh, Thompson's been exploring that a bunch and I don't find that uh, particularly interesting. And um, Star, the character that Kelly Thompson introduced, mm-hmm. uh, Star didn't really do it for me either. That's fair. Yeah, Star Star is kind of like punchline for me. I don't love the characters, but I'm love glad punchline. that they resonated with people because we need new villains. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I support that additive approach. I love uh, all the new X-Men villains. <laughs> they are pretty good. Uh, speaking um, of X-Men, we're not really going to talk about X-Men, but like for me, this has been the year of Al Ewing. I've been reading kind of his backlog and it's 
I feel Ooh. like at some point they're going to need to create omnibuses, which are just the Marvel Universe by Al Ewing. Same thing with Hickman, right? Like, if you go back to his Ultimate stuff, connects up to his Fantastic Four stuff. Yeah. And his Nick Fury stuff. It's all so good and so connected, and I'm worried that Ewing isn't going to be given another long-running series like Immortal Hulk, even though he's been crushing it on every single book he's on. Oh, man. No way. Ewing's at the top of his game, and he looks like he's having so much fun. Like, I just finished reading uh, Defenders Beyond. Oh, so good. Oh, my God. That one, That is also one of my top Marvel comics of the year. Gorgeous to look at. Fucking just, trippy as hell. Just an amazing series. Um, And in that series, I... I feel like Ewing has been exploring, like, the ultimate edges of, no pun or reference specifically intended, <laughs> of the Ultimate Universe. Like, all the questions that, there's just, you know, there's certain nerds who watch the Marvel movies and they're like, alright, so, like, Thor is a god, but, like, is God-God a thing? And could he punch Thor? And Al Ewing is like, I will figure the answer to that out for you. Yeah, and he kind of answered a question that we had in our last episode or maybe it was two episodes ago about like the one above all. Yeah. He uh, retconned the one above all really nicely and even connected it to the like meta stuff where the one above all is like a gestalt of all the significant Marvel creators. Yeah. I love that stuff. And I love the moment when the superheroes realize they can't like transcend the paper they're drawn on. And that is the ultimate uh, edge of what they can possibly explore. Mm-hmm. With the acknowledgement that there are forces beyond uh, ink and paper that like uh, can still influence them, mm-hmm. that's like a cool meditation on like faith and superhero bullshit at the same time. And Al Ewing's been crushing it across his books, right? Because X Men Red is, if anything, better than this. Yeah. Well, mm, eh, yeah. Both. I mean, yeah. It, they're I, so I, different. Yeah, that's such a silly comparison to make. But X Men Red's my. I like. I. I don't think any Marvel book beats it for the year. Yeah, X-Men Red is hands down one of the best, and I'm glad that it, it exists. I was sad originally when Sword got canceled, but I'm like, X-Men Red feels so much more focused. If we don't do a big Dan Slot run read soon, I think doing a whole Ewing run and like going through his whole thread would be fantastic. That would be really interesting. It would be all over the place. His Inhuman stuff is really interesting, how it ties in. I don't think I've missed an Al Ewing book. I definitely have. I'm probably missing a good chunk of it, but I'm getting there. I'm getting back. I'll I'll text you about it after we record this episode. I have some cool ideas now. Okay. Now, we should probably take a break, and when we come back, do our 2023 predictions, because if past years are any indication, we might be here a while. Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, no bad to end Dio impressions, this is bad, what the f***? And an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us
And welcome back. We're here to discuss our 2023 predictions for Marvel Comics at the end of 2022. Yes, I uh, last year's predictions were more wild. Maybe this year is the year I get serious. Eh, I, I I'm trying to. Th- I'm looking at mine. I'm like, did I get more serious? I think I so. Have... But I think it's also just because this year has like left my brain absolutely <laughs> drained. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling that too. But hopefully, uh, there'll be a couple of comics that we could be uplifted by. Well, I'm already excited by the Wasp comics. That's supposed to be coming out. Yeah, I'm okay. a big big Wasp fan in 2022. Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be the last good Marvel movie. It looks so good. I really hope it doesn't disappoint. I'm no, so it's afraid. Gonna, it's called Quantumania. It's going to be fantastic. But they're dealing with the Micronauts. Yeah, that's incredible. Remember Bug from Guardians of the Galaxy? He was cool. He was, but Hirokala was awful. Hirokala is awful. How excited would you be if Hirokala showed up in an MCU movie and you were the only person who has read an appearance of him? I would be really excited and then I would throw my popcorn at the screen and storm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is how Hirokala deserves no less than that score and he's the worst. <laughs> um, but all right, let's, uh, we're, I'm excited to litigate next, uh, last year's predictions next year, but let's talk about next year's predictions this year. Okay. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Why don't you start? Okay. Well, I'm actually, s- we should explain. Mm-hmm. We should ex- um a short, a brief explanation. Uh, every year, Elias and I like to make ten predictions about Marvel and Marvel associated properties and comics, and then uh, we look back on the year, see how many we get, and we have a bet. Uh, our twenty twenty two bet means uh, if. I get more predictions right than Elias, then we are going to watch the director's cut of Ben Affleck's Daredevil. And if I win, we are going to watch Howard the Duck, the movie. <laughs> yeah, and I maybe uh, it'll be a commentary track. We'll tell you about it next time. And we'll tell you the uh, the bet uh, and the stakes for this year when we're um, litigating next year. For now, yeah. we're just going to go back and forth and give each other our top 10 predictions and, uh, and see how it goes. So my first prediction hit me. Donny Cates will no longer have an ongoing at Marvel Comics. What's his no. last ongoing now? Hulk. Unless he's been taken off of it. That's uh, right. I, I'm not I don't that. think he's writing Thor anymore. I fell behind on both on both of his books. And I know Torin Gronbeck has I don't know if she's completely taken over just doing a fill in, but she's been writing the last few issues of Thor. And I don't, so I don't know if Donny Cates is done or not on that, but he's currently doing Hulk and what a dud of a series. Yeah. They really should have just like left it to lie after immortal Hulk. That would have been such, so much stronger and you're setting up the next guy for failure no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. People still seem to like his stuff there. Yeah, but, I get you and I have uh, never been the most excited about Kate's Marvel work, right? No, not his Marvel work. I really yeah, liked I, God Country, and I liked the beginning of Venom. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with both those statements. Yeah. So I, I think he might no longer have any any ongoings. He might have some minis, like 
you know, if he could pull out another Silver Surfer Black, great. Best thing he ever wrote. <laughs> that was yeah. so good. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I wouldn't be sad either for to be right or wrong about this. If he uh, if he wants to go and do something else, maybe that'll be better for him, or maybe he'll, like you said, uh, find the Marvel niche that he hasn't found yet. Yep. Well, what's your what's your first what's your first prediction? My first prediction for 2023 is that the Namor of the comics will start to look more and more like the Namor of the MCU. Ooh. Um, Interesting. I don't exactly have it nailed down how that's going to manifest. Um, I'm not necessarily talking like they draw him more like the uh, actor who plays him, although that is probably going to be a component of it. But yeah, because that's like what uh, happened to Tony Stark. Yeah, definitely. Um in the in the Marvel Midnight Suns video game, you can like put little outfits on them both as civilians and as superheroes, which is fun because mm-hmm. unlocking costumes is such a fun part of video games. <laughs> and um and one of Captain America's little outfits is basically his sweater from Knives Out, Chris Evans' sweater. Oh, that's good. It's really cute and funny and good. I love this game. It's delightful. It's just a good RPG with good writing. Do they have his Johnny Storm costume? Um, no, I, <sighs> but I haven't unlocked everything yet. I'm probably like a third way through the game if I'm lucky. Okay. Um, we'll have to check in but, again. But I think, uh, Namor in the comics, we're going to start to hear a little bit about, um, Atlantis and associations with, uh, South American mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I, that's going to become a Namor book this year, I would predict. And, um... Do you think Talokan is going to make a, an appearance in some way? Not part of my prediction, but yes, I do think that, since you asked. Hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't lose if it doesn't appear. Yeah, um, but so that's, uh, I I feel pretty confident about that one. But how about you, Elias? What is your number two? Uh, that Scarlet Witch's ongoing series will become a stealth mini. I don't even know if I knew she had a ongoing series right yep, now and she's i was gonna looking... be getting one from steve orlando oh steve orlando did not do his best work recently no he did not and i've never been a big fan of uh of steve orlando's comics writing sadly uh so yeah but it's... in january she's getting a solo series from from steve orlando uh, with Sarah I... Pacelli on art. So we shall see if that sustains itself or if it kind of collapses in on itself like a lot of Marvel series tend to do. If it's bad and they cancel it, I guess I'll be sad that it's bad. But, like, I really hope it's good. This there, this is the, the best time they've ever had to do something interesting with Scarlet Witch. There's never been a better time. Yeah, that's true. This is the best time to do it. She just had, like, everyone was really interested in her around WandaVision and um, Multiverse of Madness, wanting to see where that was all going. Kind of left on a bummer note. And you can do a good thing with that. There there were some cool ideas in there. Yeah, and her status quo in the current universe is really cool. I wish Dowderman was doing the the interior art. I I will not ever complain about a Pacelli book, though. This is true. This is true. I read that J.J. Abrams and Son written book that she drew just because she was drawing it, and it was bad, but the art was so good. Uh, yeah, I I fell off that one so hard. 
Yeah, it was not good. But um, man, did the weird monsters that Pacelli drew were actually scary. Ooh, okay. Maybe I'll have to pick it up from the library. Just What's like your number two? The, the panels. My number two Ooh. is that the Sons of Sinister event that they announced will lead to the first ever Mr. Sinister uh, miniseries with his name on the title. Oh, uh, so you think Sins of Sinister is going to lead to, uh, like, a Mr. Sinister or a Sin... Like, as long as Sinister is somewhere in that title and it refers to him and it's his series or miniseries? Yeah, like, if there's a whole team of Sinister clones and they're called the Sinisters, that would uh, suffice. If they're brought back, like, a Sinister and the Fallen Angels, which probably they're not going to do, that, that would count. Okay. But his name's got to be in the title. And it's about him and whatever he gets up to after this event. Hmm, I could see that. Yeah, I uh, I have a pred- I, like I have plot ideas, but they're my ideas, not really predictions. They're just what I would do. <laughs> yeah, and you don't don't share them. There you. Yeah. Got to keep them locked in the brain. Um, you're number three. Yeah, Elias. I'm thinking that uh, Jean Lin Yang is going to get an ongoing series that actually goes beyond twelve issues. Finally, that's going to be such uh, bad luck at Marvel. Yeah, I mean it's 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 shitty for him and for everyone who likes good books because his books are always good. But um, yeah, I don't know how we'll uh, necessarily count that one because if he does a monthly series, he only has twelve issues. I guess if it hasn't been canceled by next December. If it's been solicited past 12 issues and they're not like, it's ending at 12 and then getting renamed again. Yeah, okay, I'll buy that. If it gets solicited for, an, if Jean Luen Yang is the author on an issue that gets solicited a number 13, you win. That one. Yes. Now, I don't know if Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings is getting past 12, but they did announce that it is ending. Yeah. Which is frustrating, because it's another great book, and I'm really excited for what is essentially a tournament arc. Nothing beats a tournament arc, and I would love him with all that cool supporting cast he built, who I really like. Yep. Bunch of new characters. Uh, There are also a bunch of them are in Marvel Snap, which rules. (laughs) Have you traded them? You don't trade the cards, Elias. You just build more powerful decks. Don't you know anything? Gosh. Uh, seriously, just, just play, play Pot it. of fun. Greed. You should play uh, Marvel Snap. It's fun. I I just got a cool Apocalypse variant. Hmm. Is, um, which one? Uh, it's like uh, him before he puts on the celestial armor when he's just like cool young Svelte Apocalypse with his huge mouth. <laughs> he does have a big mouth. Yeah, he's he's got the big Apocalypse. Uh, what's your That's number what three? I call them. My number three is um, that Moon Knight, you know, Mark Spector, will be added to Marvel Midnight Suns as a DLC character. He's not in Marvel so Midnight Suns? He is not a playable character in the game right now, but Ilyana Rasputin is, so, like, I can take anything. Fuck off everything. Okay. Like, that's a cool pull, and she's so fun. It's like playing Portal, but just with her. Oh, that um, is fun. Yeah, you could do some silly shit with her powers. Um, but so, And they've announced DLC characters, and so far they've announced um, Deadpool, 
Morbius, the living vampire. It's Morbin Venom. Time. Yeah, and he's definitely going to make a Morbin time joke. That should have been my prediction, actually. Um, <laughs> Venom and Storm, which is all cool. Oh. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm down. Storm is the one that excites me the most. But still no Moon Knight announcement. And I'm hoping this game is successful enough that they'll keep on uh, releasing chapters or whatever for a couple years. Um, so I'm hoping in 2023 20, I get my Moon Knight. He's referenced at one point. Uh, there's a Khonshu exhibit at the New York Public Library. At the New York. And okay. That's the that's the most Moon Knight we've gotten in this game. So I want uh, Moon Knight to be playable. That's my my number three. What about your number four, Elias? My number four is that the Spider-Man series, you know, the Dan Slott one, uh -huh. will continue to have zero impact on the main book. I mean, that's practically a given, but sure. You don't, you never know. They promised that it would have big, important effects and would matter. And so, so far, I haven't seen shit. You know, some of those weird Dan Slott ideas uh, that are kicking around are pretty cool. Like, um, that, uh, what was the name of that villain who uh, stole all the powers in Secret Wars and then he stuck around? Regent? Uh, I don't remember this. Regent was a pretty cool villain. Like, uh, sometimes Dan Slott writes ideas and everyone's just like, I don't know about that. But they should be uh, picked up. Anna Maria Marconi, she's a cool character. Put her in more stuff. Okay. Um, but we'll but, see. Right now, he's doing the end of the Spider-Verse. I'm like, I don't care. Yep, give me the movie. I'll wait until then. Yeah. So we'll see. There are 12 issues, and maybe it'll be a, an important part of the Dark Web event. Who knows? Yeah, but who knows? I'm excited for Dark Web. I'd like an easy point. <laughs> yeah, granted. No complaints here. Um, my number four is mm -hmm. that the Fall of X event will turn out to refer to the fall of Professor X. Krakoa will remain standing and walking like a man. I sure hope so. I don't think I just like they didn't casually uh, offhandedly announce the end of Krakoa when they said Fall of X. Um, I don't think that's happening, and I. but I do predict that this is going to be a big shakeup for Professor X. Maybe he won't be on the Quiet Council anymore, or maybe he will be, but no one trusts him and he's totally disgraced. I think he is the X who is falling. Hmm. Professor will X. Will it be followed by the Winter of X? <laughs> I hope so. The Winter of our Discon X. Discontent? No, that's bad. Yeah, that's it doesn't really work. bad. It's sweaty at the best Ugh. of times. Um... Why don't you share with us your number five? So my number five is a little weird. Um, Love weird. But I think that Marvel will do at least three major events, which I'm defining as crossing over between two, at least two different lines, and at, and one of them will be a complete dud. For example, Sins of Sinister doesn't count because it's only the X books, but Dark Web does because it's both the Spider-Man and the X-Men books. Um, so if, uh, Dark Web sucks, you get the point? Well, they also, I also said that there has to be at least three major events. I mean, yeah, that again, I, I bet, well, you defined it pretty narrowly. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. My, my number five is uh, not weird, but is very easy and probably boring. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Leo Williams will write uh, an ongoing series. Ah, uh, you took my prediction from this year. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Still hasn't happened. Still hasn't happened. Um, she wrote, I guess one um series got like an ongoing got turned into a Maxa series. I guess that's what happened to Exterminators, yeah. Yeah, just like, uh, yeah, still hasn't gotten an ongoing. She'll get it. She's sticking around. That She's persistent. She, and she's got talent. Yeah, well, she's the freaking best. Yeah. Uh, her book right now, like, I'm rolling my eyes at as I'm laughing uproariously. Yeah, it's utter nonsense, and I love it. Yeah, I don't know what it is about her self-aware nonsense that, like, I have a fun time with her doing it, where, like, other writers are like, what is this? This is, like, uh, you don't care about this. I think it's because it feels earnest. Yeah, it, but it's, like, uh, the it's supposed to be the opposite. It's supposed to be, like, cool, sarcastic, uh, you know, um, deconstruction, but actually it's earnest deconstruction, and that's fun. Mm-hmm. You gotta have heart. Yeah. Have that heart. Yeah. So my my number six is one of my long shots. So for one, a new Guardians title will launch, and, and it will have either a non male writer or artist or both. Um, ooh, uh, that's similar to a, to something that I have coming down. So I like that a lot. Ooh, yeah. Yours is I, probably more I likely. I really to want mine. this one to happen. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and it has to be, like, if they announce a mini, I want to count it, but not a one-shot. Like, we got that Cosmic Rewind issue that I didn't realize was hyping up their stupid ride. The issue wasn't very <laughs> good. And it didn't even do the, the cutaway gags from the the uh, Abnett and Lanning Guardians. I know. They should have done that in the movie. I yelled this a million times when we were reading it, and it's still true. I'm, I'm, I was so mad. So mad. Anyway, your number six. My number six. Oh, this is a funny one because it also relates to one I had last year. Ooh. Jonathan Hickman's mystery project. Still a mystery. Uh-huh. Last, last year, I was like, it's going to be in a, the resolved by February. They're saying so. Still hasn't been announced. Um, so now I uh, am predicting that it will be revealed to be a spiritual sequel of sorts to his S.H.I.E.L.D. series that we read on this podcast. Okay, so you're just reviving that prediction. I, well, he, they said it was going to be in 2022, and it wasn't, so I still didn't predict it, and they haven't announced what it is. I think we got, like, a font and maybe a background. We got a, we got a tagline, and we got a 2023. Yeah, so I think they're going to stick to that 2023, and I don't know, maybe Da Vinci and Tesla and uh, Iron Man and Mr. Fantastic's dads will be major characters, or maybe it's going to, like, have to do with uh, the Beyonders and all the crazy cosmic stuff that Ewing's been exploring. But it's going to ha- tie into that S.H.I.E.L.D. comic in some major way. Okay. Well, speaking of Hickman. Yeah. My seventh prediction is that Hickman and Sheedy's new series won't be a Doctor Strange or Defenders series. It'll be an Exiles book. Whoa. If that happened, I would lose my shit more than if mine was right. Mine seems likely yours would be fantastic. Yours could still be right, because you said even if it's a spiritual sequel to S.H.I.E.L.D., as long as it incorporates some of those concepts, you get a point. So when you say Exiles book, you mean like team of alt-universe characters hopping between dimensions? Yeah. 
Oh, that would be so good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a little worried that it's not going to be, but like the tagline was, what was the, it was like, hold on. <laughs> it was really fun. Um, well, he's also teased it as the Sandman as the Met of the Marvel Universe. Ah, here's where it's what happens when the powers that be meet the natural order of things. And then uh, a bunch of clothes on a really cool looking character who looks like part Doctor Strange and part Robbie Reyes. A little bit, yeah. And that's why I'm like, I think this is going to be an Exiles book. Yeah, because it's a bunch of variants on the same guy in different colors and costumes. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. I'm, yeah, I'm still, like, it's crazy how excited I am about that. Um, so my number seven, is that what we're up to? My number seven? Yep. Um, Charlie Cox is going to show his face in another movie cameo, MCU movie cameo. Ah, you've said... <laughs> Is there's that one of yours? Your, there's your easy point. Um, yeah. Well, I'm talking about, I, it might just be Matt Murdock as a lawyer again in a movie. Not that I saw three many Spider-Men um, yet. Anyway. Actually, are you specifying movie or streaming service? Show? I'm specifying movie. We know he's going to okay. be in his own streaming service. And like, I assume he's going to show up in like uh, Echo is one of the shows that they're doing. Yeah. And he already has shown up. Uh, in in another streaming service show, yes, in like a, of that an important way. Yeah, of that I am aware. Okay. Um, are we? Is that a spoiler? Is that why we're being coy? I don't know what people consider spoilers or not. Some people are like, uh, I don't want to know anything. That bad idea. Listening to our podcast because we're exploring all of the Marvel universe. That's um, a fair point. The multiverse, even. Um, yes, I know he was on She Hulk as a lawyer. That's fantastic. I wish there was more Daredevil She Hulk stuff in general. Um, but I think he's going to show up in a movie again. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's Daredevil or Matt Murdock, but that's going to happen in a Marvel movie. I'm um, trying to think which one it could be. I don't, doesn't matter. But I'm I not going to. Um, oh, and also it counts if it's that like alien chameleon frog version of Matt Murdock. <laughs> like Blarg Blurdock or whatever that guy's name is. I count him. If that happens, I, it counts. What The... The one that Hickman is like, lawyer in space. Yeah, that's the one. I'll find the uh, his his like his spaceship official ad. name. Well, while you do that, my number eight prediction uh, is going back to our good friend Al Ewing. I think he's gonna get the chance to write Avengers proper because he's previously uh, written an Avengers series. I don't remember which. I think was it Avengers AI? Was that him? Uh, I don't think that was him, um, but he did um, a bunch of Mighty Avengers, which were mm. really interesting because they were one part like street level team with like Luke Cage and Misty Knight type characters. Mm-hmm. And then it was also like one part like crazy cosmic stuff that's setting up what he does now with like Blue Marvel and America Chavez. Mm. Um, and like the having those two things feed into each other was really cool because it was very much about like the rooted perspective on the ground who cares about everybody and like the huge God perspective that cares about the hugest picture. Mm. That's pretty cool. Um, it's very cool. We're going to read it. I think we have to. At some point. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think because Jason Aaron has said that he is finishing the title in 2023, you know, he's in his final arc, he's wrapping it up. 
So we're going to see. I was one year off. I was one year off with my prediction. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's significant, too. It's like a hell of a long run. Yeah. I am secretly so excited to go back and read that run. I bet it's going to actually stand pretty well on its own. I think you're right, and that might be its problem. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, and that's one of the reasons. I'm not totally caught up now, but I'm excited to read it all as a straight series. I think it's going to rule. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what parts were like, this was great, and which parts were like, wow, he really forgot about this thing that was really cool. Put that on the agenda of something we want to talk about on the show. That sounds like a great episode. Um, I'm, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the whiteboard. I'm like, oh, God. I know, I know. Uh, my number eight is that uh, the Marvel Snap game on my phone is going to do a Krakoa-focused season. Oh Allow gosh. me to explain. Oh, my God. Um, in uh, Marvel Snap, uh, both teams are playing cards of superheroes and villains trying to get to the highest score on three spaces on the board, right? But every time you play, the three spaces are three randomly selected locations from Marvel Comics, and they do all sorts of different things. Okay. So, like, the bar with no name, um, the the player who has the lowest score there is actually the score who the player who ha- who wins. Oh. Um, so you have to play cards that, like, give you a penalty to points or whatever. Or um, there is one card, uh, one space that's... Um, the uh, Bar Sinister, like Mr. Sinister's Island, and whenever you play mm-hmm. a character there, you just get four copies automatically of that card. So if you play, like, four Holtz there, that's crazy powerful. Oh, wow. Because Mr. Sinister is, I guess, in the uh, fi- fiction of the game, cloning the Hulk, which sounds actually pretty likely. Um, and they have seasons where they focus on uh, adding new locations and characters from different things. So the first season has been about Wakanda to tie in with the movie. And I think by before the end of the year, there's going to be a Krakoa 1-2. Okay. We'll see. We will see. And I guess you'll have to trust me unless I, like, seduce you to this game. Yeah, it's never going to happen. Yeah, and I, I didn't think it was likely. Um, what is your number nine? My number nine is going to be probably the hardest for me to really figure out. Uh, because it's Marvel will have a breakout character and they'll fail to do anything good with it. Um, like, I guess Swordmaster had something nice done with him, but like, uh, like Arrow. Who? Uh, Arrow, A-E-R-O. Oh, oh, yes. She hangs out with Wave. Yes, 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 yes. Arrow. There's also um, Dante from the Inhumans is a cool character. There's so many cool Inhuman characters they don't do anything with. Yeah, we can determine this. We will debate this. Yeah, but I, I guess I was figuring on like someone will become super popular during this next year for whatever reason. Uh, and, you know, the character will just kind of languish in the comics for a while. Kind of like how Rhea Williams still doesn't have another series. She's not really doing anything right now. Even though, yeah, unless and she's I, in, unless she's in the new Black Panther book, in which case, because I ha- I fell behind on that one, I fell behind on that one, and she, uh, it's also like, um, there's a lot of cool Marvel, uh, Miles Morales media I could point at, but very few good comics. Yeah, um, the art on I that think, book continues to make it suffer. Yeah, 
Uh, there was a very uncomfortable scene where he was, like, pulling off his Spider-Man costume, and he was drawn as, like, this, like, weird skinny teenager who was nonetheless crazy muscly and buff, and, like, his parents were, like, catching him as he fell in the window, and the whole thing had, like, a weird sexuality to it. I do not like that art. Ugh. Uh, don't like that description. Yeah, made me uncomfortable. I, uh, try to go back to that book every couple of months and be like, what? And then don't read it for a while. Um... <sighs> My number nine is that WWE wrestler Johnny Gargano will work a pay-per-view or a PLE, if you're nasty, in Marvel cosplay. You're really stretching things now. What do you mean? Allow me to explain. Okay. Um, Johnny Gargano was an NXT wrestler, which is like uh, minor leagues, like junior division WWE. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of Vince McMahon's career, I'm hoping, um, he started filing, firing people wildly, and Johnny Gargano was one of the guys who was let go. And then he was brought back, and um, he's been part of the show again, and I love him. He's a Cleveland boy, and he's real fun. And when he was on NXT, um, whenever there was like a big, it used to be called pay-per-views, and now they refer to them as a premium live events. Mm-hmm. Uh, same th- same difference. Uh, he used to always wear Marvel cosplay. There's a fun one where he did a Wolverine one. He did an Iron Man at one point. He did a Mandalorian, which isn't strictly Marvel, but was cool. Hmm. Um, but that sort of thing, I feel like you can get away with much more easily on the on the B show than on like the main big show. But yeah. he's so devoted to the Marvel cosplay thing. I think he's going to try to sneak it in. I think he's going to try to do something where he's like, oh, yeah, it kind of looks like Captain Marvel. Okay. But actually... And so um, I think he's going to try to defy the, uh, like, corporate lawyers who would tell him otherwise and uh, sneak in some Marvel love in the form of a costume. Okay. We'll have to wait and see. I'll send you a picture to verify. I was going to say, I'm like, you're going to have to send me the proof if we're, it happens. Yeah. I don't th- I, we're going to watch some wrestling. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you'll get me to, to watch the WrestleMania this year. We're gonna watch. We'll talk about Royal Rumble. Oh dear! You're just, you're um, just gonna get random questions like, "Who's that guy?" I yeah. Why I, do they have rocks in their pants? Um, I'm so excited to tell you why they have rocks in their pants. That sounds great. My final prediction is more of a more of a hope than anything else. Is that yeah. Spider Gwen will return with a new series, be it an ongoing. Or, more disappointingly, a mini. I hope you're right. And God, do I hope you're right. Yeah, I miss I miss Spider-Gwen. Shauna... I don't know how to pronounce her first name. Maguire. Shannon? Shannon Maguire? I think that's what it is. Like, every time I look at it, I'm like, is it pronounced in the same way that, like, Siobhan is pronounced, but spelled that way, with an I-O and an H? You know I'm not Irish. the best person to be telling you how to pronounce comic creators names so uh shauna mcguire had a really fun but essentially pandemic destroyed run on go- on spider gwen as she was in the middle of being renamed to ghost spider so we might get a ghost spider series i'm gonna count it because it's the character i'm not i'm they, not looking for the title they referenced spider gwen by calling her ghost in the video game oh 
Um, and they, they weren't referencing the other character called the Ghost? No, no, they were referencing Miles and Ghost. Or... Oh. So we'll see. I'm, In like a text I'm message hopeful. or something. I'm hopeful that with Spider-Verse releasing that they're going to get their Synergy machine up and running as, you know, clunky and smoke spewing as it is. You know, they kept on trying to get this thing off the ground called uh, Web Warriors, and that was going to be oh, like yeah. uh, Spider-Man Exiles. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll do like uh, Spider-Gwen and uh, the Web Warriors or something. Maybe. I can hope. Um, that's, yeah. I'm hoping you're right, too. And, I, you know, my last one is also kind of a hopeful one. Um, my number 10 is that a new Avengers ongoing comic is going to be announced. And the writer or the artist will be a woman. Ah. So I was like, similar... I was like that first part. Definitely happening. Yeah, I know there's going to be a new Avengers comic, definitely. Um, the only significant Avengers run I can think of by a female writer is Kelly Sue DeConnick. And most of that, she co-held the title with Bendis. Oh. Um, the, by the way, this, the, the first 12 issues where Bendis is co-writing it, terrible. The next 12 issues, which is Kelly Sudeikonik, one of my favorite Avengers series. Was that uh, Avengers Academy? Avengers Assembled. Assembled. Um, there was a really fun issue about uh, the rivalry between Iron Man and the Hulk that was great. And there was a bunch of like younger spider women having to team up with the Black Widow that was also great. Hmm. Um, okay. Just, yeah, underrated. But that's not uh, what we're talking about here. We're talking about a future Avengers series because Jason Aaron is definitely leaving and they have to announce the next thing. And I'm just like really hoping that the uh, premiere team book is going to be written by my pick would be Kelly Thompson. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I would love to see her huge swing that she would take with Avengers, with like top Avengers book. Hmm... I'm I'm curious what that would look like. Well, we Avengers has been so the Avengers has been so isolated. My hope is that um they take the Immortal Hulk stuff and the Defenders and Spider-Man Beyond and Krakoa and then the Avengers kind of orient themselves towards those conflicts. Mm. That's what I, I that's I think we need them to get them back in the mix and there's so much exciting stuff for them to be reacting to that they've been ignoring. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Do you think maybe Leah Williams is working for that? Working up to get that? I've been trying to That's pitch. like my that's my wildest dream, but I don't even think Leah Williams would I mean, I'm sure she would want to do any cool book that she was offered, but um like I don't know, doing the establishments to superhero guys just doesn't seem her style. That's true. Yeah. There's a reference to Leah Williams that I wonder how it would play in Avengers. I would love it. That would sound so fun. She would make Mary Jane the leader of the Avengers. <laughs> um, and those are our 10 predictions for 2023. When we uh, assess our predictions for this year, we are also going to um, revisit these predictions insofar as we're going to set the terms of the bet, which Elias and I have yet to finalize. We're still, still duking it out. And I think um, we need to know how much we're going to be suffering this year to figure out how much we're suffering next year. Yes, we're certainly. Um, Murd Blurdock is the name of that lizard space lawyer. Murd Blurdock. 
Yeah, Murd Blurdock counts as a Matt Murdock in the MCU if he shows up in the MCU. Oh my god, amazing. Um, with his partner, Froggy Nelson. <laughs> um, that's so good. Um, Elias, in the meantime, where can folks find you if they want to find you on the internet? They can find me still on Twitter, at Quetzalish. That's Q-U-E-T-Z-E-L-I-S-H. I just literally haven't set anything else up. I've basically stopped tweeting, which was not much of a difference for me. I'm I'm watching I'm watching and waiting to see how uh, it all goes away, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it does fully implode, just a little bit. I mean, that sounds really fun at this point, and it's not like it's doing anything for me lately. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate though. Yeah, it. Uh, I always had assumed in America we were opposed to kings, but now we are uh, trusting people to make, like, huge, unregulated decisions without consulting anyone else. Yep. On a, at, a, at a whim. On a whim. That's Speaking my rant. Whims, where can they find you, Jaina, on the larger interwebs? Um, not there very many places, but I, of course, am still a contributor to multiversitycomics.com, which is a pretty great website. I also sometimes contribute to uh, Comics Beat, and um, I've been checking my Tumblr lately. You can find me on... Um, ramblingmoose.tumblr.com and uh, maybe I'll post there sometime. Maybe. Um, what do, should people... Uh, we're going to get back to our uh, our book club next week, Elias. So uh, people following along, what should they be reading? So they should be reading uh, Eternals Volume 2, which was a maxi series from 1985. It's only 12 issues uh, and it's the second half of that Eternals The Dreaming Celestial Saga Um uh, you know, paperback, or I guess technically the second three quarters. Uh, and you could also find it in the Eternals Complete Saga Omnibus hardcover if you happen to find that. Uh, this is probably one of the last times for a bit that I'm actually going to be able to say, hey, you can find all this stuff in this one place. Because it gets a little wonky after this. Yeah, I think our focus as we get to the really obscure stuff is going to be uh, in a way that people can... Uh approach it if they haven't read the material because it's so hard to find yeah so but until then excelsior <laughs>